Welcome to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Watts. If you want to change your drinking habits and create a peaceful relationship with alcohol, you're in the right place. This podcast explores the strategies I use to overcome a lifetime of family alcohol abuse, more than 30 years of anxiety and worry about my own drinking, and what felt like an unbreakable daily drinking habit. Becoming an alcohol minimalist means removing excess alcohol from your life so it doesn't remove you from life. It means being able to take alcohol or leave it without feeling deprived. It means to live peacefully, being able to enjoy a glass of wine without feeling guilty and without needing to finish the bottle. With science on our side, we'll shatter your past patterns and eliminate your excuses. Changing your relationship with alcohol is possible. I'm here to help you do it. Let's start now. Well, hello and welcome or welcome back to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast with me, your host, Molly Watts, coming to you from ah, the rains are a coming. They're coming today, folks, and it's actually really good news. We have been in this really smoky, hazy weather pattern for about 10 days now here, and we actually had such poor air quality here in Portland yesterday that people were advised to not go outside. So we need the rain. I raise my hand. I admit it. We need it, and I want it, and I hope that it scours out all this nasty smoke and we are back into some clean air. I'll take clean air, clean wet air <laughs> over anything. So welcome to the show. This week is a very special podcast, something that I have thought about doing for a while and didn't and just haven't, but I've really wanted to. I am going to be sharing with you two of my members of my Alcohol Minimalist Facebook group, and they're people that have read the book, listened to the podcast, and really just been doing the work. And I wanted to share their what, what has happened for them with you, because I think it's important to hear from people that may be like you or have experienced stuff like you that give you some hope that it's not just, I'm not just some special snowflake. I say that you can do this too. You can create a peaceful relationship with, with alcohol. You can figure this out if you just keep going. And that's exactly what both Bruce and Julie have done. I call Julie and Bruce my, they're, they, they are, they don't know each other except from, from being inside the group. And they both know that they are Midwesterners. So they have conversations, I think, in the group regarding that. And uh, so this is my Midwest, <laughs> my Midwest podcast group. And so here are some stories that are some in their perspectives. First, you're going to hear from Julie, and then you're going to hear from Bruce. And I just hope that these listener stories help you feel inspired to start making changes and to start creating your peaceful relationship with alcohol. Thanks for listening. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. I just appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you being willing to share kind of what's been working for you, your story. Like I told you, this idea kind of has been inspired. I've thought about it for a while and I really wanted people to hear from people other than me, right? That say, and not just experts, but people that have actually been doing this work because so many people are stuck in this idea that they just cannot change their drinking habits and they cannot figure out how to 
put it all together. And so there are people that are here that have been working, even not doing coaching programs with me, just they've read the book, they've done the work themselves, they listen to the podcast, and they are getting they're getting these results. So I wanted to share their stories. We heard from, this is, I tell you, this, these are my Midwest crew. This is my Midwest gang. I, uh, you, there's another in this, this episode, you'll hear from Bruce as well. And this morning we are talking to Julie. So, Hey Julie, how are you? <laughs> good morning, Molly. I'm doing uh, well. Um, good morning from sunny, crisp Ohio. <laughs> Sunny, crisp Ohio, which is, I mean, technically, I know. See, this is why I always have to ask you, like, which time zone are you in? Because to me, you're the Midwest, but you're sort of the East too, right? Correct. Definitely an <laughs> EST gal. <laughs> yeah, EST. So tell me a little bit about kind of what was going on in your life or what your drinking was looking like when you found me and kind of what inspired you to make a change? What were, what you know, what were you wanting to do? Well, um, I actually found you in January of 21. I was mm -hmm. um, just, you know, the typical beginning of the year, thinking about where I was at. And, you know, the first year of the pandemic, I had been drinking wine daily and it had gotten mm -hmm. to be much more of a habit than I ever had. And I found your podcast online and it really, um, it really uh, resonated with me, but I didn't take action until August. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I can't even remember what um, tripped me to say, let's do it, but something did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what, it, what I had been doing is I had been, um, you know, during 2020, basically having a drink of wine at night, that glass of wine at night that kind of morphed into a couple of glasses. And, and mm -hmm. that was definitely out of my normal habit. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to press a reset button. So I found your podcast and I thought this, this really sounded like uh, a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then and, you joined the, did you join, you joined the Facebook group? Right. Right. I think um, almost immediately I started listening to a few podcasts and I really was, I really was hooked. Um, it just felt like a really safe place and everything you were saying about, um, you know, we're not broken you're not trying to be fixed and that really finding balance in life. And, th and that was what I was looking for and mm -hmm. uh, figuring out what would be a good, good place for me, you know, to keep, you know, a healthy relationship with alcohol, but to get back to um, a more reasonable consumption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that now. So now where are you with your peaceful relationship with alcohol? What does that look like for you now? You know, it's, I don't want to say it's effortless. I mean, it's been a little over a year uh, journey for me, but it feels much more, it's natural. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, once I started listening to your podcast, I was like, I wanted more, you know, and I was working from home and I, I often would, you know, take a walk at lunch and listen to a podcast. I was looking mm -hmm. forward to every podcast that came out on Wednesday and you had so many good tools on your podcast, um, you know, you had like, you know, referred to Atomic Habits, which was a book I had read. You also referred to Elizabeth Benton's book. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, started reading that. And then also the, um, you know, at the time it was called Cutback Coach, I believe. And then yeah. now it's mm -hmm. Sunnyside. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that, that seems like a good, you know, tracking tool. They had a free trial. So I, I started that. So, you know, those tools became a part of my, um, you know, my daily life. 
And I think once I started using those tools and I, that kind of just gave me inspiration, you know, it made me feel good. I could see some benefits. I could see, um, you know, I was making changes and, you know, um, so now that's what my, my life is like. I've kind of, you know, after the course of the year figured out what, what's a good, you know, what's a good plan for me most weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. and how much do I want, you know, how many I, you know, now I'm just drinking beer and, um, how much do I want in my life? So, um, it feels like I've figured out a good plan over the course of the year for me. Yeah. And I think you're one of my non-alcoholic beer connoisseurs. Are you not? Oh, yes. Yes. That's a big <laughs> part of it. Yeah. And, and that was an interesting thing too, because I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I'm like, hmm. You know I mean? Of course, right. we had all the stigma from, you know, the eighties and, you know, the not so great, you know, NA beers. And then I, I really wasn't sure how that fit into my world, but, you know, again, over the course of last year, you know, initially, I think I, you know, kind of started drinking, you know, more seltzer waters. And then I, I tried out the different alcohol-free beers. And I was like, well, these are very nice. And I'm definitely someone who likes the taste of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as you have mentioned, so um, I, I found a couple I liked, um, Athletic Brewing and um, Brew Dog worked great for me. So those became part of my routine, too. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, even where you live, you've been able to find those when you go out sometimes too, right? They like, you've seen them on tap and stuff. I think if I remember correctly, definitely at my local hangouts, they, most of them I've seen, um, have, um, both of those, um, types of beers. So that's, yeah. it's really neat to see. While that's like a tactic, it's a tool, you know, using mm-hmm. non-alcoholic beer, but kind of what you mentioned though, you had some mindset work to do around like, you know, what that looked like for you. So in terms of what's resonated most with you in terms of doing this work was the tools or have you done a lot of work on your thoughts too? Um, that's a really good point. It has been a ton of thought work and throughout my life, I've done different thought work, but you just brought up, you know, again, you were coming in from a different angle with the thought work and reinforcing it and, and applying it to how I approached my relationship with alcohol. And, you know, I think, alcohol and especially during the pandemic became somewhat of a, a reward and I'm not really sure a reward for what <laughs> was yeah. a reward for getting through each day of the pandemic um, but I think it just it became very automatic you know mm-hmm. instead of pausing and thinking I'm going to have a drink I was just automatically doing it so the thought work became um, you know really thinking about why why am I wanting this drink um, mm-hmm. And, and and changing and pausing, I think you know, like again, you have mentioned, you know, to you know to pause when you're you're thinking about having a drink, you know, not to react, like not just saying, oh, something went wrong in my day, or my car broke down, or I have another house issue, I need a drink. Instead, it's like taking a step back, and I think, and that's been huge, and I can apply it to other areas of my life that I, um, you know, I. I tackle those problems more head on instead of, I want to say masking them with an, you know, a drink. No, you know? no, I think that's, yeah. I mean, right? buffering, buffering and numbing buffering is it. something that we do with alcohol, right? We think right. that, and I appreciate you saying that because I think, you know, you, you brought up like the car breaking down and something going wrong with the house. Like 
when we think like that, right, then we just take a step back and we pause. Okay. But is really is drinking a glass of wine going to solve the fact that my car broke down, right? It is not, it is, does not, right. It does not solve this problem. What it does is just try to take away this edge that I feel. And in actuality, if I think about it for a second, you know, there's things that I can, nobody has to, you don't have to go, Oh, I'm so grateful. My car broke down. Right. I mean, there doesn't have to be this positive spin on it, but you can also say, yeah, my car has a problem. And, you know, you know, that's not the end of the world. There's other, there's, it's okay. I can handle my car breaking down without needing to, I can handle this discomfort and feel a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit frustrated about the fact that I have to deal with this without needing to escape that feeling. That's okay. I can handle this. Right. That's exactly it. It's, you know, leaning into those feelings and feeling that discomfort because that's part of life. Um, And then, and, and then you gain confidence or at least I gained confidence that, okay, right. You know, you're, you're, you're addressing your problem. It doesn't mean it's going away, but you're going to, you're going to figure it out. Might Mm -hmm. take a couple of steps. Might, it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable, but then, you know, it's just, you know, as you address other things in your life, you're going to remember that you've, you've got that skill set and, um, and that it doesn't have to be numbed or delayed or, or anything like that. And, um, yeah, the thought work has a big, been a big, big part of this. And, um, that allows you to, you know, just hone your problem solving skills too. Right. right. And so, yeah, well, I think, and I, but you also had a, you had a, a, a loss over this year. You had a, right. you, yeah. And it was, uh, one of your, one of your pets and it was, it was really a hard, right. I mean, all of us who've lost a pet, we understand that, that sadness, you know what I'm saying? And you had that skill set where you, you didn't want to try to just drink that away. Right. That was, a, exactly. I mean, it, was, it, 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 you needed to just, uh, I mean, allow that sadness to be there. I think it's scary when we have big emotions like that, like, Oh, I don't want to have to. Right. But you did right. it and you, you were capable of doing it. Exactly. Right. That's, that's what it allows you to, um, you know, feel those feelings because you need to, otherwise you're just going to feel them later or mm-hmm. you're going to express them in another way or maybe a bad way. Um, and that's not a good way, you know, a, a, a less constructive way. So yeah. Uh, again, yeah, this approaching alcohol this way allows has allowed me to address a few challenging situations that have occurred over the course of the year, and they have not consumed me. And, right. And it's also allowed me to then focus on other healthy habits that um, I already have in my life or that I want to um, – new habits. So I think it, it also has helped me make alcohol less prominent in my life. Yep. And then I can, I can focus on other things in my life and other positive things. And, um, yeah, it just, I feel overall, I feel like this has made me more in line with my overall goals for my life and, and taking care of myself and being healthy. Um, and I feel, um, calmer and more at ease, I think yeah. because of all of this, it's been another benefit. Yeah, I think that I agree with you, the the peaceful part of this, right? And that's why mm-hmm. we talk about having a peaceful relationship with alcohol, but it's really having a peaceful relationship with ourselves, a peaceful relationship with our lives, right? right. I feel like exactly. that's, that's probably the bigger picture. 
when you were just first starting out, right, this can be really overwhelming for people. This feels like a really, one of the things that I want people to hear too, is that this, this, this journey hasn't been terrible, right, Julie? It hasn't been like, no. you just haven't, you haven't hated every moment of it. You actually, I mean, got to a point where you look forward to kind of just be this being what you are and who you are, right? Like, Correct. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things that you said, um, you know, in your podcast initially helped me feel um, comfortable with this approach, you know, um, you know, you had mentioned your own journey and, you know, that it wasn't quick, you know, I mean, that it, you know, it takes time. It wasn't like, oh, this is going to take a decade, but it's like, um, you need to allow yourself um, time for this to happen. It's not a quick fix and allow for, you know, small setbacks and then take time to reflect on those setbacks. But that's part of the process. And yeah. by doing that, you're going to, you're going to make headway with all of this. And and to be forgiving of yourself during this whole process. Like you've always said, like, yeah, if you go out and you plan for two drinks and you have three, you know, then just, you know, the, the thing is to go back and, and think about what caused that, you know, it's not to beat yourself up. It's, it's, it's not that all or nothing thinking. And I think that's, what's part of your, your approach and your program. That's great is it's very a safe place. It's very, um, you know, constructive work. And mm -hmm. um, it's realistic, you know, it's a very realistic approach. So, you know, that's how I felt throughout this whole situation. I, I really just felt really ex not ex sort of excited about it. And, and I yeah. felt like I, you know, I joined your group and that I was with um, a supportive and um, safe community too. And I yeah. really enjoyed hearing other people's stories and I benefited from that as well. Yeah. So what do you, advice would you give to somebody who's just starting on this journey or is starting to change their relationship with alcohol you know, or what's um, possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, anything, anything is possible and it's, um, you know, it's going to be a, probably a better place than you're at right now. Um, mm -hmm. And to allow yourself time um to make the change and, and not look at it as a quick fix situation. Um, again, to be forgiving of yourself and to set realistic expectations and, um, you know, not have a all or nothing approach to it. You know, not, you know, like, Oh, I just blew it. I'm going to drink 12 beers instead, but just, you know, right. you know, take it gently. And, and if they decide to, kind of go with your approach there's just a ton of good information it doesn't mean all of it applies to you but there's just a lot of good information out there and um learn you know i mean yeah that's the beautiful thing molly you've provided us with all this great information from so many different angles that you did for yourself you know um and and that's a wonder a wonderful tool so yeah, I, gotta I get, keep gotta keep learning. That that brain right. of yours. We we you know, I we call it our beautiful, brilliant human brains and they can keep learning and you wanna use that to to learn how to be at peace, right? Learn how to have a peaceful relationship with alcohol, however that looks. So you stick mostly to low risk limits now, correct? I do. I do. Yeah. And you know, the other thing, and I actually it was funny because like um I was thinking about the things that were so beneficial to me. And I think there was, there was a podcast with you and Elizabeth Benton and it was about, you know, Elizabeth was saying um, kind of just, you know, basically, you know, take that step, you know, I mean, 
learn, yeah. get information, but just you start. And I thought that was one of the, you know, that was just a really good piece of advice too. just, you know, like, like me, I waited and that was okay. But like, just starting taking that first step is is so critical and i just listened to that episode again yesterday i was like i need to hear that again you know i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna go back and listen to some of the early episodes so nice you know i love it take yeah take that first step it's it's maybe scary but you know what you're you're um you're going in the right direction oh great words mm -hmm. i love it Julie, you are a superstar. You are so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for just, you know, sharing just humble words with people because they resonate and you've really, you know, you've taken that, that, that habit that really increased over COVID, which is so typical for so many people and you've just changed it completely. And you know, I know that now you just don't look at alcohol in the same way at all. And I love the fact that you said you wanted it to be, you know, it's become a minimal part of your life, which is why we, we are the alcohol minimalists, right? We don't, right. it's just no longer, um, a daily part of our lives. It's no longer, uh, it doesn't consume our thoughts the way that it was. And we are able to take on and do the things, the other important things in life that we want to be doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, my friend, have a wonderful day out there in the beautiful fall of Ohio. I, uh, I bet anything, there is something pumpkin flavored in your life today. Am I, am I right? You are right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> Julie is a fellow pumpkin spice lover, and I am so grateful for that. You have a great day. Thank you, Molly. Hey all, just a quick break in the show to talk with you for a minute about Sunnyside. It's fall and it's time for tailgaters and holiday parties on the horizon. There is never a better time than right now to put a mindful plan into place. And Sunnyside is my recommendation for how you can really use a tool that provides a way to track your drinks, measure your progress, and really uses proven behavior change techniques to create lasting habit change. The thing is, you can reduce your drinking by 30% in the first 30 days with Sunnyside. And you can save over $50 a month, cut out 2,500 calories out of your diet, and these are just based on average results. I know that people that I talk to and people that I work with are using Sunnyside and getting great results. If you'd like to find out if it will work for you, go to www.sunnyside.co slash minimalist to get started on a free 15-day trial today. Hey, Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Alcohol Minimalist podcast. I know that you have been around my work for a while now, and this was just an idea that I had in terms of talking to a few of you that have been involved in the Facebook group that I know have read the book, that I know have been doing the work and have had really great results. And I wanted to share your stories with my listeners, because sometimes I think people get this idea that, oh, yeah, well you did all this while you trained yourself, you, you know, you read all these things, you took all these coaching courses and of course you, and you took all this information and yeah, so you figured it out. But 
I can't do it. I can't, I couldn't possibly, that's going to take way too long. It's going to be way too hard. And even though you say that it's possible for me, I'm not really sure that I can buy into it. I don't really see it for myself. And so I'm hoping that by sharing your collective stories, that people can find themselves in your word and realize that they're quite capable of doing it too. So mm -hmm. thank you for being here. Definitely. And thanks for having me. It's uh, been uh, great to be uh, have this opportunity to talk with you today. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about kind of when you decided to, you know, when you found this work, when you found me and when you found this kind of idea, what was your drinking habit looking like? What was going on for you? Why were you even investigating deciding to change your drinking habits? So for me, I mean, it, it was a habit um, that just became kind of arduous and it was no longer self-serving. And it mostly revolved around, you know, weekends and social gatherings with friends and such, and probably stemmed, I would say, <laughs> as early as my undergraduate college days and sort of just kind of carried forward, um, you know, into the next phase of adulthood. And it didn't really seem to matter what the occasion was. And this is especially true in, in my state here in, in the state of Wisconsin that, um, you know, it could be a sporting event or intramural league sports, birthdays, what have you. Um, it always revolved around alcohol. Yeah. And it was almost this kind of something that was assumed that, um, you know, there's going to be alcohol at this at this event and we're going to, you know, everybody's going to partake in it without question or whatnot. So it it was almost like it's like a culture or whatnot. And I was just looking to try and change that. I, I mean, in the back of my mind, I always knew this is not a healthy thing, especially if, you know, drinking to excess and whatnot at some of these uh, select events, you know, like tailgating and things like that. But it was something that I just wanted to improve upon. And it ultimately, when I first started trying to do that, it was just kind of the habit would always return. You know, I, I didn't really like commit to doing something different. Um, so there was no right. different changes right. in, my, in, in the habit, right? If you don't do right. something different, why would you expect something to change? So, um, you know, I started looking, branching out and like saying, you know, I can, I can do research, um, you know, for my, uh, background in engineering and, and my and my degrees and things like that you know i'm i'm a, a student of science so to speak you know kind of like yourself yeah <laughs> and i i just wanted to see you know there, there's got to be resources out there and i i stumbled upon um actually i started stumbled upon the facebook group first oh, uh, wow. the alcohol minimalist uh group there and uh, i think i you know change your habits around alcohol i think is some of the the keywords or whatever that i searched on yeah. And um, I started reading about that and I started reading some posts about people. And then um, at some point I came across a post from somebody that, that mentioned your book. Uh -huh. So I went and looked up the book on Amazon and saw some really great reviews. And I generally read reference books uh, on electrical engineering <laughs> most <laughs> often. So this is a little bit of different change of pace for me. So um, I decided to buy the book and I said, you know, I got to do, I got to change something if I want to make changes. So I said, I'll, I'll try this and, and see where it goes. And ultimately, um, when I started reading the book and listening to the podcast, I mean, it was just an eye-opening experience for me. So Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. And yeah. I love the fact that you, what, a, what a, I, you know, it's interesting. I, more and more people are finding the Facebook group first and have no clue that there's a podcast or a book or anything else behind it. So it's interesting to see that that was your journey too. So, mm -hmm. but I'm glad I know that you, I remember when you bought the book and you were, if I remember correctly, you posted about that in the Facebook group. Cause you were like, you got the book and you were headed off to one of your like weekend warrior kind of getaways with 
with your friends that was going to be like, you showed a picture of all the beers that were there from all of the, <laughs> the other guys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was kind of a twofold approach. The, the place that you're talking about that I usually go to uh, our, our cottage is um, a place where there really isn't any internet on there. So I figured, well, this is going to be my best chance to uh, start reading a book, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I, I can't sit there and stare at my phone because my phone doesn't actually work. And uh, it was also kind of a good test for the reasons that you just mentioned about uh, this was one of those Wisconsin activities that there was going to be a lot of alcohol involved. So I said, let's uh, start putting some of these things to the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you did. And that was, that was just like, that was, like I said, that was way back kind of at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. you kept doing this work, you kept going and tell me a little bit about, you know, what part of this approach, I know the science, cause I know you, you, mm -hmm. you've mentioned it to me before. And I know we've, that that's something that really resonated with you, but in terms of changing your relationship with alcohol, what did you see as really, you know, as a first thing that really helped you? So I think the biggest thing for me was really changing my mindset and thinking around my own thoughts. You've said it um, numerous times in the, in the podcast and in the book that the stories that I was kind of telling myself, I was just taking as this has got to be factual. And I started looking at it from a different perspective and just saying, challenging those thoughts and saying, well, what, what if that isn't true? What if, what if I think about something like this instead? And it, it was just kind of like, it wasn't really like very difficult. It was just more along the lines of you can have different thoughts about things to change the way you feel about things. And I was like, wow, you know, this doesn't actually just apply to, you know, wanting to change my relationship with alcohol, but this could apply to many areas in my life. And I'm like, you know, instead of getting ticked off about something that happens, you know, on, on the way to work in traffic or something, I can say, well, you know, now I get to listen to the radio a little bit longer than I'm stuck in traffic and right. oh, no, I'm not upset anymore. <laughs> right. So right. It, it, it was, that was the kind of the foundational thing uh, that I got from the book and the podcast was that your, your own thoughts don't always have to be uh, truth necessarily. And you can change your, your thinking and therefore change your, you know, uh, feelings and obviously then, then your actions as well. Right. So. Yeah. Look at you. You're such a good, you're, it's a, it's, you're getting a plus student work here. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, and I know that one of the stories, I mean, you had, and you and I are both football fans and we've talked about that on the Facebook group before, but you, you know, you had a big story about tailgating and about how, like, I mean, you can, you initially probably couldn't even imagine going to a tailgating event. And I know I get lots of people who say the same thing. I had the same thing. I could not <laughs> foresee, I could not even fathom like a Super Bowl party where I wasn't drinking beer like that mm -hmm. to me. Like, I was just like, what, do you, what? Like, no. And then, you know, I've done that. I've done, I've done, geez, I've done, you know, AFG championships during uh, dryuary and things like that. And, and no, right. no, you know, no alcohol. So it's, yeah. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I, uh, that's a really good example and uh, completely agree, especially again, I, I go back to, you know, my, my state uh, of Wisconsin, and it is not uncommon to walk up to somebody's tailgate and see two, three, maybe four coolers of beverage, alcoholic beverages. And, you know, someone will even, even if you don't know the person, they'll just walk up and hand you something and you're like, I'm not even looking for a drink right now, but I guess, thank you. <laughs> so it is, it's just one of those things that it's like, it's assumed that because we're tailgating, 
you know, because A, uh, here comes B, that we have to do this because we're, you know, we're doing this, this event, uh, this event. So, you know, again, I started challenging that, that, that way of thinking and thought and saying, you know, do I have to have an alcoholic beverage in my hand or, you know, drink six beers before we go into the actual event to enjoy the event? And no, it actually was making the enjoyment worse. <laughs> you know, right. you weren't able to focus and pay attention and you end up missing half the game. And it's like, wait a minute, how is this fun again? <laughs> right, right. So yeah. I started saying, you know, well, instead of, you know, this big old cooler of, you know, a hundred different beverages or whatever. What if I had, you know, maybe just one of something that I really enjoyed and maybe savor that in the moment and then maybe go into the game and, and, and order some food and another beverage there and, and really just enjoy the activity itself. And again, that has led into so much more enjoyment for things by kind of taking that approach instead. And, yeah. um, it's, it's been very, very beneficial. And, and again, it's, it's changed the mindset of that particular activity as an example to say that, no, you don't have to drink to obsess when tailgating and you can still have a good time and enjoy things. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Right. Imagine, Imagine that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I often say that this, this work is kind of a meta skill. So have you found that to be true? And if so, how can, how has this work kind of impacted the rest of your life? Absolutely. As, as I alluded to uh, previously there, I, I kind of said, you know, I gave the example of, you know, sitting in a traffic jam of sorts, um, you know, when you start to challenge your thinking um, or have a different thought about something, you really end up changing kind of your attitude and your outlook on things. And, um, you know, I have two small children, so sometimes they can get under someone's skin, right? <laughs> parents especially. And, um, you know, by, taking that, that, uh, that meta skill approach to those types of things, I think has kind of reduced my stress and anxiety, uh, for certain difficult and challenging situations. Um, so I, you know, it's been a, a meta skill that I have just been trying to apply in, in other areas, not just, uh, you know, changing my relationship with alcohol as well. So yeah, definitely, um, very beneficial in that regard too. I, I say that I used to be like, my life used to be really drama. You know, like yeah. I had all this drama around my mm -hmm. life, like everything was really challenging. I had all these stories about how my life was just more challenging, was more stressful. You know, I, I, you have two small kids. I had four boys. So I was like, Hey, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I claim it. I get to be the one, I get to be the, the mom who has the four boys who's always harried. Right. And I carried mm -hmm. around this idea, the fact that I had four great kids who I really adored that, mm -hmm. that story was available to me. Right. I could be grateful for that. Right. But I just like wanted to focus on the other stuff, which made me feel stressed out, which right. then led me to think that I needed to drink to get rid of that stress, which, you know, was how the <laughs> habit manifested itself for me most of the time. Yep. Um, not, not that I didn't drink at football games and everything else too, but I mean, that's kind of how it works. You know, you start to create associations with whatever you're doing or in whatever you're, whatever you're trying to solve with alcohol, you create that association often enough. And that's, you know, the habit takes hold. Yeah, um, definitely. Completely agree. Give me, and this is, you know, in terms of being helpful for other people, because that's really what I wanted was for you guys to come on here and share your, your stories for someone who's just starting out doing this work. Did you ever struggle or did you ever think this isn't going to be that easy or did you just kind of jump in dive in and go and 
if you, you know, what advice do you have for people who are just getting started? So that was always kind of a lingering thought in the back of my mind, you know, why, why is this approach going to be any different than the things that I've tried before? Because usually I, I'm pretty good at trying to um, stick to a plan and, and make changes on things, but, you know, would eventually revert back to those old habits. So I thought, you know, what, what, what could be different about, about this approach? And I guess my advice for someone who is, you know, starting uh, looking to start improving their relationship with alcohol is, is really try and, and step outside yourself and, and take it with a positive attitude. And what I mean by step outside yourself is, you know, try to take a closer look at what you think you're telling yourself might be truth or fact, kind of like what I was telling myself. And, you know, feel free to like challenge those, those thoughts and things like that. Um, especially in those difficult situations uh, where you're making the look, uh, make positive changes in your life. Um, you know, whether it's changing your relationship with alcohol or, or something else in life. Um, I think everybody has that capability deep down and the potential, you know, to do, to do this type of work, you know, with some dedicated effort and repetition. That was also kind of key for me is um, challenging my own thoughts and, and kind of making that a new habit, you know, something that was improved. Mm -hmm. um, just a different way of thinking and kind of not just applying that to, you know, every time I want to drink or uh, I'm at a social activity or something like that. It was more about just doing it regularly in life. And all of a sudden, you know, you'll, you'll realize that that becomes your new good habit. Um, right. so in, in, right. in my opinion, again, in my experience too. So, yeah. And just uh, real quickly, did you make, did you have plans in place? Did you make plans for drinking alcohol? I mean, did you put a plan in place when you were doing, when you were first starting out on this process, did you like say, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have this, that, whatever. Like I, I talk a lot about making a plan ahead mm -hmm. of time. Yes. Uh, that, that's a really good point too. Um, and that was definitely something that was important too. It wasn't just kind of going into, uh, well, I'll figure it out when I get to this place that right. I'll, I'll figure out how much I'm going to drink then. Um, because that wasn't, that, that doesn't work or didn't work for me in anyways. And um, yeah, part of the twofold approach that I guess I took here that I can add is um, I signed up for, um, at that time it was called Cutback Coach. Um, and now right, I think right, it's right. called, yeah, sunny, called side. sunny Side. And yep. I said, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm making changes here. I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to actually put some effort into this and be proactive. And I thought that was a really good way to kind of go in with a plan and saying, well, here, you know, here's another situation where there's going to be alcohol and stuff. Uh, Sunnyside and, and or cutback coach was able to help kind of keep me um, accountable in that regard. So that was that helped drive my plan for yeah. planning for certain events like that. So yeah, that that definitely was something that was helpful going into it. But then again, that thought work that kind of went in parallel with it. Yeah. So yeah, I always say that. I mean, you can you have the plan in place, but if you don't, you know, back it up by learning how to manage your mind, the plan mm -hmm. is just a, is a plan, and that eventually will become is more the plan in the beginning, especially can often be driven by willpower and that's exactly. not what we want. Right. So yeah. we want to make sure that we're challenging our thoughts and becoming a better thinker. So, which is really yep. kind of what you did. So, yep. And I, I, even, even more so to that too, I even, you know, and listening to the, the podcast and the book built in some contingency to that plan as well, just to say, well, you know, maybe if the, uh, the event uh, ends up going later than usual, here's going to be, you know, my, my plan just in case. So kind of a plan yeah. B, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So it was always good to have that kind of in your back pocket. But again, taking that proactive approach to, to just about, you know, everything that you could um, in those social activities. Yeah. Well, 
I just appreciate you sharing all of this with my, with the listeners. I know that, um, you know, it's football season right now. So I know you're <laughs> busy going to, you know, doing some tailgating and, uh, enjoying as much as you can, uh, for all of you listening, poor Bruce is a, is a green Bay Packers fan. And so <laughs> it's, uh, it hasn't been the, the best of seasons yet. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, but that's okay because I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan as, and everybody knows it hasn't been the best of years for us either. So, <laughs> um, but I really appreciate you coming on Bruce. I really appreciate you sharing just your experience. And what I really want you all to hear folks is that this is totally possible. This is totally doable for you. Really just get involved with the tools, get involved with the learning, get involved with the Facebook group, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and you can get this kind of success too. Thanks. Well, thank Bruce. you so much, Molly. Appreciate you yep. having me on. Thank you. And again, just appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Alcohol Minimalist podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you change your drinking habits and to create a peaceful relationship with alcohol. Use something you learned in today's episode and apply it to your life this week. Transformation is possible. You have the power to change your relationship with alcohol now. For more information, please visit me at www.mollywatts.com.